are back once again for another episode of the ROI Podcast. I'm Shane Simmons, and with me, I have Associate Dean of Academic Programs for the Kelly School of Business on the beautiful IUPUI campus, Phil Powell. How are you, Shane? I'm doing very well, thank you for asking, and I'll tell you why. Today's episode really got me thinking about my investments and gave me an avenue to take advantage of some opportunities, but we'll be getting to that here shortly. First, let's talk about money and the world we live in today. Shane, I know our listeners understand that the United States economy is large. In fact, it's a quarter of global economic activity in any year. Wow. But China is now larger. Just recently, the size of the Chinese economy in terms of purchasing power parity surpassed the United States. Wow, that is a huge share of world markets. Yes, it is. And think of it this way. China has this huge economic powerhouse, but very few Americans have been able to easily invest in that prosperity. So unlike the United States versus Europe, where money can flow very quickly and very easily, in China, there have historically been barriers to getting your money into, say, buying a stock in China, or for a Chinese resident to buy a stock, um, Microsoft or whatever, on the U.S. market. There have been limitations on doing that. You just heard from Professor Kathy Bonzer-Neal, Professor of Finance at the Indiana University Kelly School of Business on the IUPUI campus. Kathy has her Ph.D. in economics from the University of Chicago, has been with the Kelly School for 20 years, and before coming to the Kelly School, was an economist at the Federal Reserve. As Kathy mentioned... Up until recently, it was difficult for foreigners to access purchase of equities on the Chinese stock market. But to understand how that is starting to change, we need to take a step back. So for many years, China has chosen to manage and stabilize the value of its currency against the dollar rather than allow it to be more flexible, such as we see with the dollar euro, the dollar pound, which both can have a lot of volatility. Volatility means the value frequently moves up and down, which produces more risk for investors and companies who trade. China wanted to stabilize its currency to early on reduce foreign exchange risk for companies that were doing business with China, and that that was seen to be a, a benefit. And how do they do this? Well, they do this in two ways. One is the Central Bank of China will intervene in foreign exchange markets to actually stabilize the currency that's keeping its volatility low. In order to accomplish that stability, they've also had to impose some restrictions on capital markets and investments into and out of China. So, Phil, what exactly does that mean? This is how you should think about it. The Chinese Central Bank does not want their currency to inflate too much, nor do they want it to deflate. In fact, the Chinese central bank wants the currency to remain completely stable and not change. Why? Because any change could have a negative impact on the imports and exports that come through China. So what the central bank has done is control the currency artificially, and they've done it in a number of ways, one of which was to limit how people like you and I can invest directly in China's stock market. And conversely, they've limited the ability of Chinese citizens to invest abroad in markets like the United States. These are what economists call capital controls. 
And this all comes down to keeping their currency stable? Yes. Think of it this way. So if, if I'm the average, in the average American household and the Chinese currency goes up, it appreciates, the stuff I'm buying at Walmart, Target, and the big box stores, they're going to go up in price, right? Exactly. That's why yes. I should care about this. Right. It's going to be more expensive. Right. Which means if the currency goes up and the prices go up, people are less likely to purchase that product, which is bad for China. Yes. But according to Kathy, the Chinese central bank, which is part of the Chinese government, has started to become more relaxed on this control of their currency. Recently, China's currency is not that cheap anymore. That, and this is what I think is important to realize, that as China has relaxed how much investment it allows into the economy, that there's been more pressure on that currency to change. So historically, mm -hmm. because of China's economic development, mm -hmm. the goal has been to keep their currency cheap, right? Yes. To keep it from appreciating. Because if it appreciated, that would slow down exports and right. it would slow down the inflow of capital. Right. Now we're seeing the opposite pressure. Is that correct? That yes. there's, there's actually pressure for depreciation. There's market pressure for depreciation of the Chinese currency. That pressure is coming from the fact that there's more interest in Chinese residents now being able to access global financial markets to invest outside their own country. And if they're going to be investing outside their own country, that means they're selling their currency and buying dollars and euros. And that could mean that Chinese investors could be investing in U.S. companies and in European companies and help, helping to, to uh, provide the capital to help fuel that growth. So what does this mean for us here at home? On the investor side, if China continues to open its financial markets, then investors in the United States can more easily buy shares of Chinese stock. And that's, that's a good thing. And investors in China can more easily buy U.S. stocks. That's also a good thing. So having greater diversification around the world can help reduce the overall risk of someone's portfolio. So the good news is China's economy comes of age. And with that comes more opportunity for American households and American businesses. But the drawback is that there is more risk. There's more risk on the currency side because the Chinese currency will go up and down like a lot of other global currencies. And that's a huge contrast to the decades of policy of stability that we saw from the Chinese central bank. And this is something that investors and businesses that trade need to be aware of as they move forward. So say I'm listening to this, Phil, and I want to go out and diversify my portfolio. Can I invest in China as a U.S. citizen right now? You as an individual investor cannot go out and purchase stock on the Shanghai Stock Exchange. However, you can invest in a mutual fund which has the ability to do that. Basically, there are certain funds and qualified investors that have an ability to buy Chinese stocks on your behalf. And it's easier for them to do it now than ever in the past. So with the Chinese market opening up, I mean, ultimately, what does that mean for the everyday person here in the States? For our listeners out there, this means you'll now be able to more easily diversify your portfolio into Chinese equities, which in theory gives you more options for your finances, your future, and ultimately your retirement. And that does it for this episode of the ROI Podcast. 
This podcast was recorded in Indianapolis by Luke Cooley and Shane Simmons. That would be me. We'd like to send a special thanks to Kelly Professor Kathy Bonzer-Neal and our Associate Dean of Academic Programs, Phil Powell. You can stream or download the ROI podcast through iTunes, Podbean, or our website here at the Kelly School on the IUPUI campus, hub.kelly.iupui.edu. And be on the lookout for our next episode of the ROI podcast. We'll see you then.